Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Views from the 573 Podcast. Thank you, guys, for checking in on another week of sports talk from us. Thanks to Anchor for sponsoring this episode as well as all of our episodes here on Views and Entertainment. And speaking of entertainment, we got a new episode that just dropped this morning. We talked about the Joker. We reviewed that, everything everything that going, that's going on with it. Spoilers, non-spoilers, all the stuff going on with it. We also talked a little bit about the Spider-Man news that happened just a few days ago. And also, Peter re- revealed to us that he went on a road trip to Orlando. And he's rediscovered his love for a beloved IP. So once you get done listening to this one, go check that out. And find out what that beloved IP is. If you've been a follower of this podcast, especially of entertainment, you'll know what it is. So as soon as you get done with this, go on over there and check that channel out on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you guys prefer. Go check those out. Go subscribe, give us a follow, and keep up with all the latest action coming from us. As of course, I am one of your co-hosts, Ryan McDaniel. It's great to be back for another week of Talking Sports with you guys. Peter's a little bit busy, but he sent some sound bites on some of the things that we're going to talk about today, particularly Penn State football, talking about some of the things going on there, Pittsburgh Steelers, and also talk a little bit about baseball here as we're in deep with the playoffs here. We got some divisional games getting wrapped up here pretty soon. The Cardinals and Braves are playing game five today. I believe somebody else is playing game five today too. I I believe it's the Rays and Astros, even though they just played last night. It might be them. But we got a lot of that going on. He did, he talked a little bit about the Cardinals here, so you'll hear some of those splice in as well. Of course, we got our usual college football NFL talk to get through, and we're going to be recapping the games last week. We're going to be previewing the games this week. It's a great week of college football looking at it. There's a, tons of great ranked matchups going on. So looking forward to talking about that a little bit later. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the playoffs as well. Kind of what I've seen, but I'm going to let Peter take the bulk of that. And then let's get on to this. Now, of course, the NBA is starting back here pretty soon. I believe it's starting back in a couple weeks. we got preseason games going on. We're actually going to be doing our NBA preview next week. So keep that uh, marked down on your calendars. So, there's this controversy going on. If you haven't heard it, Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey, sent out this tweet in support of Hong Kong protesters, which which was fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. It's dealing with a lot of stuff that is going on with the political unrest that's going on over in China. There, There's... It's been going on there for a few months, and you're seeing a lot of backlash coming from this uh, with, with the NBA. Adam Silver's had to get involved. He's talked about this, and he expressed his support for Maury in terms of his ability to exercise his freedom of expression. And you're seeing all this stuff going on in China. China Chinese businesses are... Closing their ties with the NBA, they're severing them. They're saying, no, we're not going to do this. And they're kind of upset that Maury then seemed, uh, he seemed indifferent about this. He didn't really seem to apologize. And there's there's a preseason game going on over there. 
the Brooklyn Nets and Los Angeles Lakers are playing a game in Shanghai. They're having another game uh, Saturday, and you're wondering if things are if that game's still going to go on. Yeah, a player meet and greet was canceled. A press event was postponed. Uh, the teams did practice, and there was a special Olympics-related NBA Cares event. Uh, the one planned for yesterday did not go ahead. And so now you're seeing all this going on, and it's really a, a sad thing to see. Yao Ming, of course, China's best basketball player who played in the NBA. Uh, you know, Adam Silver said he's going to talk to him. A lot. It's a lot of a lot of stuff going on over there. They're going to try to talk this out, see if they can figure something out, if they could get a conversation going about what's happened within the last few days concerning Maury and his tweet. Uh, the tweet has since been deleted. So we'll find out where this goes and see what happens with those games. And listen, the China loves China loves the NBA. Looking at it, it, it provides a lot of revenue for them. And I'm looking at something right now. It provides, let me find, I think it was like 10% of the revenue that the NBA makes. And it could reach 20% by 2030. That's a Chinese market. So there's a lot at stake. China uh, loves the NBA. Of course, Yao was a big part of that. And the Rockets were probably one of the favorite teams because that was the team Yao was on. And to have this come from the Houston Rockets' own general manager, you're seeing a lot of stuff about the NBA being said about people over there and, you know, advertising for some of the NBA stuff they got going on there is being taken down. And a lot of businesses are pulling their NBA sponsorships away and saying, we're not going to do this. We're in support of China on this. And so it's a sad thing to say. Hopefully some conversation can get going over here and they can find a resolution to uh, to get back to where things were about a week or so ago. So hopefully everything gets settled with that. Moving on. The MLB playoffs. So this is where I'm going to let Peter talk a little bit about the Cardinals. Of course, the Cardinals, they are playing tonight against the Braves in a Game 5. This is an elimination game for both teams. Whoever wins this game, they get a date with either the Dodgers or the Nationals. So, if, for both those teams, if it's the Dodgers, it's not looking too good. Although, as Peter said, they do have a shot. It's just going to be really tough. So, Peter here is going to talk a little about the playoffs and talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, I will say for the uh, playoffs so far, uh, the Dodgers-Nationals is going the way I really believe it could have. Uh, the Nationals are keeping up. The Dodgers are still strong. That's an interesting series where that's going. But I think for the big one, of course, it is the Cardinals and Braves. And, you know, it, it's kind of just shows... First of all, Game 1 was surprising me because I did not think the Cardinals were going to pull that off. But Michaelis... Did his job. The Cardinals survived enough. And then they had game two. And that could have been the death blow right there. You know, you get up 2-0 with your, your Cy Young-like candidate, Jack Flaherty, who did his job. But the Cardinals' bats, yet again, just decided, eh, we'll, we'll play later. It's baseball. It's like, you can't do that in the playoffs, man. 
especially against the Braves of all teams. So that was unfortunate. Game three, of course, with, you know, just Martinez just crapping the bed. And then game four, as the Cardinals made a comeback, he does it again. Like, you have you have Galagos. Why aren't you doing this, Schilt? And I, I get it. Martinez is a good pitcher, but here's the thing. He makes things too interesting when he really shouldn't. So they really need to figure out what they're going to do with him. But another thing for the future is Ozuna, because he is finally coming out of the shell that he, he kind of got himself in toward the end of the season, even though he was effective. But, you know, certainly not what they were expecting from him, especially at the fourth spot. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see how they're going to handle Ozuna. I really think they do win Game 5. And, of course, I'm recording this on uh, Tuesday. But I really think they are talented enough to pull off that upset and face either the Dodgers or Nationals. And that they could give them a series. But, again, moving on, you have to handle the Jack Flaherty game as best you can. Because if you're not able to, you know, capitalize off that, then you're coming into a rotation that's very iffy. I mean, sure, Michaelis and Wayno, they're starting to, they were proving people wrong compared to how they began the season. But in the long run, especially, you know, minimum four games, max seven games against the Dodgers, those are two guys I'm not very confident in. And that's, again, between Wayno, Michaelis, and Flaherty, that's the big guys in your rotation. So they need to get their act together because they have a team that's able to do it. I truly believe that. But again, she'll just got to like really start thinking a little harder here if the Cardinals are going to survive. All right, so looking at the playoffs from my perspective, of course, the Yankees win. No surprise there. Uh, win it won on the series pretty handedly. Swept the Twins and all three games. Of course, the Dodgers, Nationals, that's the other series that's going on tonight. That series is tied at two apiece, and it's at L.A. tonight. You got the Rays and Astros. Game five tomorrow at Houston, where the Rays, we were kind of, I was kind of saying these series were going to be like, oh, he's going to get beat by the Dodgers and Astros, but no, these two series are dogfights, and both those teams are in an elimination game to try to advance to the AL and NLCSs. So, props to them for proving me wrong. With the Cardinals series, I agree with Peter Martinez. I thought he had it. They could not get any more runs on base in game number two, which they needed to. And the Braves pull off that comeback and find a way to win at home. And then in game three, Braves find a way to win at St. Louis. Tough one there. But they come back in game four and a close one. Ozuna... Popped off two solo homers. Goldschmidt did as well. He popped off one. Yachty had the biggest hit of the day. Getting getting those runs in. And listen, who else but Yachty? If you're a Cardinals fan. And so now, game five. You have Jack Flaherty going on the mound. And you're hoping Flaherty can bring his stuff. And I believe the Cardinals believe that he will. But also, this is a game that they need score runs to give them some run support. If they don't, it's going to be tough sledding for the Cardinals. And I think if that doesn't happen, they lose this game to Atlanta. 
But if they do, they give them enough run support, then I think they win this game and they move on to play the winner of Dodgers and Nationals. I still think the Dodgers, that they will win that series. But who knows? Anything anything can happen. Anything goes in playoff baseball. Uh, anything goes in the playoffs, really. So uh, we'll see what happens to that series. The Astros, I believe they will close out the Rays at home tomorrow night. And then they will play the Yankees, which that will be a fun series to watch for baseball fans and for people just tuning in just for the playoffs like me. So that will be a fun matchup to see those pitchers like Garrett Cole and Verlander go against and try to go against and be really good against that Yankees lineup that is so so good. It's really good. So those are my thoughts on the playoffs. Again, at the Cardinals, they get run support. For Flaherty, they win. If they don't, they lose. Obviously, I hope it's the former and that they find a way to pull this one out. Who knows? Maybe they don't get enough run support and they still find a way to win. But uh, looking at the tail of the series, the last four games, I, that's part, that's going to be tough to do. So, yeah, Carlos got to give them some run support. I think the Astros win tomorrow night. I think the Dodgers win at L.A. And I think they'll get game they'll win this one they'll get game five it's at home and they'll move on they'll they'll face the cardinals or the braves and so yeah so those are my thoughts on the playoffs there so hopefully we get a good couple games here today and we get a good game tomorrow so moving on to the nfl moving on to the nfl first so taking a look at week number five we had the Rams-Seahawks game on Thursday night, which, listen, we got a couple really good Thursday night games, guys. I know we've been upset about the NFL, about what Thursday night games that they schedule, but looking at the games that they've had and looking at some of the games they got going on in the next few weeks, that's not a bad list. It's not, it's, they, they don't have any bad matchups, really. It's looking pretty solid. And I'm I'm glad because I want some exciting Thursday night football action. I don't want to have to wait till Sunday to watch some exciting games. So the fact that we're getting some good Thursday night games is great. So yeah, week week number five, let uh, Rams and Astro, uh, Rams and Seahawks led us off in week number five, and uh, this was a close game and Russell Wilson. Uh, that Russell's had a really great season. This might be the greatest season that he's had so far to start out. Now, of course, we still got several games to go, but he is looking really, really good. Seahawks win 32-29. They held off the Rams. Jared Goff, nice bounce back. 29-49, almost 400 yards passing and a touchdown. But in the end, Seahawks win there. They move on to 4-1. The Rams lose two straight. And the NFC West is looking interesting. You got the Rams there, three and two. Seahawks at four one, and then obviously the 49ers who beat the Browns. And you got that stuff going on there with the the Browns and 49ers and Sherman complaining about May- Baker Mayfield not shaking hands. That stuff is ridiculous, by the way. But the Seahawks are looking like a really good team. They're looking like a contender, and the 49ers are as well. And just to skip ahead to that game. The 49ers beating the Browns the way that they did, forcing all those turnovers. Nick Bosa was just incredible. And, of course, you had his celebration 
with the flag. And, of course, you remember back a couple years ago when Oklahoma played at Ohio State, Baker planted the Oklahoma flag there. So, I like that. That was a nice celebration for Bosa. He said he was waiting to do that. So, good, good for him. He had a well of a game. 49ers won that one 31-3. And so, they move on 4-0. And the Browns, they're at 2-3. and they just need to rely on Nick Chubb and Baker and play action stuff. Let Miles Garrett get to the quarterback. Those are just the three simple things. They can do that. I think they'll be fine. And a lot of it is on the offensive line and protecting Baker and giving him enough time in there to find his receivers, find OBJ, to find Landry, find those guys. Next, the Centennial game, the Bills at Tynes Music City Miracle. By the way, Rams, Seahawks, Peter and myself picked the Seahawks, man, with the Rams there. This game, me and Peter went with the Titans. Matt went with the Bills. Josh Allen looked pretty good, and the Bills' defense looked good. Titans' uh, offensive line cannot block the Bills' offensive, uh, the Bills' defense, defensive line. It had some guys make some plays there. Mariota did not look terrible, although there's one play where he probably should have ran it in and said, he got called for illegal forward pass, and that led to one of Cairo Santos' missed field goals, which by Cairo Santos is kind of like the Bills-Titans game last year where Nick Williams, like the way he did in the preseason last year, had a wide-open touchdown pass, drops it, Titans come next day. Santos goes 0-4 in this game, gets cut, and they sign Cody Parkey. I'm not thrilled with that. Ryan Sacco... You're going to have to wait for him for another few weeks. He's on the IR. You'll have to wait till at least week eight. So probably once Suckup gets healthy, they'll cut Parkey, bring him back. And Suckup, he would not have gone 0 for 4 in this Bills game. There's too many points left on the board for the Titans and the Bills. They held the clock. And they, they ran the clock really well with their running game, especially late. And... It, I mean, Titans, and the Titans had the only turnover of the game. Couldn't capitalize on that. So, the Bills, they move on, and they are looking pretty good. And, uh, listen, they had a good game against the Patriots. Barely lost that one. And so, they're looking pretty legit right now. They're 4-1 right now. They're 3-0 and on in road games. That is big for a team uh, like the Bills to go out and win these road games. So, moving on. To some more action. Cardinals at Bengals. This one. <laughs> uh, we weren't looking forward to picking this game. And there's another game we're not looking forward to in week six. But the Cardinals at Bengals. Cardinals 26-23. Close game. Uh, Kyler Murray. He led the Cardinals to their first win of the season. They're 1-3-1 and now. Tyler Boyd had an amazing day. Kyler Murray had a pretty good day as well. Especially rushing the ball, 10 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. So the Cardinals pull out the close one against the Bengals, and they get their first win in the Bengals. They still remain winless, and they are 0-5. The Bills, uh, we went and covered that game. The next game on the list, I'm looking at ESPN scores, by the way. Uh, Buccaneers at Saints. We all pick the Saints here. And the Saints prevailed in this one. Pretty uh, pretty good game. Teddy Bridgewater looked great. 26-34, over 300, yard, 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. 
And Michael Thomas had himself a day too. So if you guys had them starting on your fantasy team, good job on you guys. Michael Thomas, 11 receptions, 182 yards and two touchdowns. And the, they beat the Buccaneers. And listen, the Bucs have been a team that's been interesting to say the least. They put up a lot of points. They've been in a lot, and they've been in some close games here to start out the season. They're two and three. The Saints move on to four and one. And so that's another game off the list for the Saints as they await Drew Brees. But you can't knock Teddy Bridgewater. He's doing what he needs to do, and he had a great game Sunday. So Saints pick that. Uh, Saints win that one. I'll pick the Saints there. So we all get that one. Ravens at Steelers, of course. You, you had the unfortunate injury of Mason Rudolph. Scary sight to behold. Of course, he had this dude from Steelers, which Peter put it accurately in his soundbite. I don't, I don't know who this guy is, but it, he, hey, he's there. Uh, and so now you're going to figure out the Steelers season, how you're going to handle that. And Peter's going to speak more on that a little bit later. Ravens, they win this one 26-23. And close one that went to overtime. Marlon Humphrey forced to fumble on Juju. Justin Tucker, about as automatic as kicker as it gets. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> but he gets the field goal there. And the Ravens win. And they're moving on to 3-2, leading the AFC North. Steelers are 1-4. And trading that draft pick. It's looking really bad for the Steelers right now. I don't care how well Minka Fitzpatrick is performing or not performing. Giving up a first round pick, looking like uh, with the season looking like the way it is, on your third quarterback, with Big Ben not coming back, Mason Rudolph maybe not coming back the rest of the year, and with this guy, who like I I don't even know who this guy is, uh, Devlin Hodges. Okay, so that's that's going to be who they're going to be rolling with for possibly the rest of the season. Came from Stanford. I didn't even know he went to stand. Uh, not Stanford. Samford. Okay, so Steelers fans, it's looking it's going to look like a rough season. And training that first round pick, it's going to be tough. It's looking like the Dolphins might have two top five picks, and they'll probably find a way to screw it up. Maybe not. Maybe we should have some faith in them. So. uh yeah, tough look there for the Steelers. They, uh, it's going to be tough sledding for them the rest of the year. Their record, not good, 1-4. So you're going to have to figure out some things out. And hopefully they can make the best of a bad situation there for the rest of the season. Me and Matt, we went with the Ravens. Peter went with the Steelers. Jaguars at Panthers. This was a fun game in, in the last moments. Gardner Minshew had a chance to get the Jaguars... A chance to find a way to tie uh, to win this game to, to tie this game they could have gone for the two-point conversion if they got it couple hail mary attempts didn't work out panthers win 34 27 kyle allen still looking pretty solid christian mccaffrey though dude's looking like an mvp candidate 19 carries 176 yards two touchdowns he's looking awesome every weekend another touchdown on a reception he's looking really really good he's looking like a guy that could be in the MVP talk so the Panthers win that one they move on 3-2 the Jacks they move on to 2-3 but nice performance by Garner Minshew 26-44 374 and two touchdowns on the day so not a bad day at the office there but Panthers get the win 
Vikings and Giants. Me and Matt went with Danny Dimes. And it, it did not go well, and the Vikings ended up winning this game pretty handedly by the score of, let me pull up, 28-10. to 10. Danny, Danny Dimes had a so-so day, but Kirk Cousins, a nice bounce-back game from him. 22-27, two touchdowns. Thielen had, had caught those two touchdowns. He had 130, 130 yards on the day, seven receptions. Diamond Cook, solid day, too. So the Vikings, they move on 3-2. Giants, they move on 2-3. As they play the Patriots on Thursday night, there's some talk about whether Saquon could play. Something like he's not. So they're out without Saquon for another week. So that hurts for them. Giants, though, they're not looking as terrible. Defense is looking bad, but Danny Dimes is holding that team up together. Uh, which speak, uh, Speaking of, uh, uh, I started the Church of Danny Dimes a couple weeks ago. It's looking like, from Peter's perspective, the Church of Baker Mayfield is all burnt down. And like, like, get rid of it. Like, it's not going to happen. And Peter right now is still looking for a guy to create another Church of. Gardner Minshew is a possibility. So we'll have to see how that goes. Packers and Cowboys, this was the big afternoon game. And, but let me tell you, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a whole lot of passing yards in this game. Dak Prescott did. Yeah, 463, two touchdowns. But the Packers, they went 34 to 24. They were up, the Packers were up 17 0 at halftime. Cowboys, just, they tried to find a way to come back. They don't do it. Aaron Jones had a solid day 19 carries, 170 yards, and four touchdowns. I guess that is a solid day. Amari Cooper, 11 receptions, 226 receiving, and a touchdown as well. And the Cowboys. Suffered their second loss in a row. They're 3-2. And, and they got a big game coming up this week, weekend. Trying to move on to 4-2. The Eagles, I mean, they're 3-2 right now. Tied, I believe, for the number one in the NFC East. So this upcoming game for the Cowboys is big for them. Packers, they moved to 4-1. Impressive road win at Jerry World. 34-24 uh, in that one. And then, talk, I talked about the Browns with 49ers game. 49ers, they look good. Brita looked awesome. Garoppolo looked great. The 49ers defense looked great. Colts at Chiefs, this one was a surprise to all of us. The Colts ran the ball down the Chiefs' throats. Marlon Mack, impressive game. Chiefs, they lose this one. We all went with the Chiefs on this one. And we were all wrong. Colts win 19-13. Chiefs get their first loss of the season. Colts move on to 3-2. Marlon Mack, again, 29 carries. Didn't have a touchdown, but he had 132 yards on the ground. And the Colts won with defense in their running game. And their offensive line is well documented as being one of the most impressive lines in the league. Of course, drafted Quinn Nelson and Brain Smith last year that helped solidify that with Kelly, Costanzo, Lewinsky, that line imposed their will. They just ran the ball right down on Kansas City's throats and pulled out a victory at Kansas City, one of the tougher places to play. So, good win for Indy there, and that is week number five in the NFL. So, where do we all stand? Well, I'm still number one at 33 out of 50. Matt, 29 out of 50, and Peter with 27 out of 50. So, looking at week number six, the Thursday night game, Giants at Patriots. And how is this a centennial game? Well, because of the David Tyree catch. Because, of course, 
Because of course it is. It would be funny if they rolled out Eli for this game because of that. But it's it's not going to happen. And the Giants and the Patriots, of course, let's bring this breaking news up. Gronk is going to be an analyst. He's starting with this game, of course, because why not? <laughs> so the Patriots, they are 17-point favorites in this one. Giants defense sucks. Me and Peter are going with the Patriots are going with the Patriots here. I'm assuming Matt will as well. Matt's a little bit late on his picks with uh, NFL and college, so I'll have to wait for those. But I'm assuming he's going to go with the Patriots as well. So Patriots win this Centennial game. They beat the Giants here. Uh, hopefully, Giants can get Saquon back. I want to see how that Giants team does with him and Daniel Jones together. The next game that we have up is the Panthers at the Buccaneers. And this game, both teams are interesting. Kyle Allen's done solid. Buccaneers have been interesting. Two and three, close games. And looking at the line for this one, it's in favor of Carolina. It's the two-point favorites on the road, two, two and a half. That's where about where the line is setting at. And you know what? I... Like the line, I Peter put a question mark behind, uh, with the Panthers. I feel I saw about this one. This is a London, the London game this week. I think the Panthers find a way to win this one. McCaffrey, I think he it looks good in this game again. And Kyle Allen just keeps on doing what he needs to do to keep the Panthers chugging along without Cam Newton. So Panthers, I think, get the win here. Texans at Chiefs. Of course, the Texans scored, put up a bunch of points last week. Gets it. The Chiefs team that hasn't put up a whole bunch of points in the last two weeks. But I think that's going to change. I think this is going to be a fun game. Watson versus Mahomes. That's going to be fun. Chiefs are five-point favorites at home. I'll roll with the Chiefs as well. They have Patrick Mahomes as probable. I think he's going to play. He did get a little bit nicked up in the indie game. But I think he's going to be good to go. And I think the Chiefs, they're going to find a way to win this game against Houston. And Houston right now, they are looking, they're 3-2 and two right now. So, if you can just protect Deshaun Watson and give him time to throw to Fuller, who had an awesome game last week, and Hopkins, then you're going to be fine if you're, if you're Houston. You just rely on that defense. But I think the Chiefs get the win here. Peter is going on the opposite end. He's picking the Texans here to win this game. Next game, the Tank Bowl. The Redskins at Dolphins. Both teams winless. Of course, Jay Gruden gets fired this week. So, you'll have to figure... uh, So, of course, interim guy with that one. So, yeah, this game... Listen, guys, this this game sucks. (laughs) It's basically a battle of who's going to be the first one to win, uh, win a game. Peter doesn't think anybody's going to win. 0-0 tie in his book. So, uh, looks like the Redskins are not going to start Haskins, which maybe it's time to. I don't know. Does Colt McCoy really give you the best chance? Of course, you want to see some development and practice with Haskins and not rush him. But at this point, what do you guys have to lose? You're, you're winless. You're, uh, it's going to be tough to win another game the rest of the season. So, I I picked the Redskins here. The Dolphins, I mean, statistically, the Redskins have a worse record than the Dolphins. 
Dolphins 0-4, Redskins 0-5. I think the Redskins find a way to win this game. I don't, I don't know why. I'm, I'm just picking somebody to win this game. I don't know who it's going to be. It, it's going to be somebody. Or unless Peter gets his wish, it's going to be a tie. The line's in favor of Washington. Three and a half, I'm saying. So, I think Washington gets this win. If they do, great. If Miami wins, or probably, <laughs> I'm saying this jokingly, they'll probably fire Brian Flores for not continuing the tank job that's going on in Miami. So, moving on from that garbage game to this game. Eagles at Vikings. I struggled with this. Peter picked Eagles. I went Vikings here. This is, a honestly, a huge game for both teams. Vikings, they bounce back. They're 3-2. Eagles, they're tied for the NFC East, 3-2. Eagles win this game. Then, they're, then they look pretty good as far as where the NFC East is concerned. And the Cowboys, they play the Jets, and the Jets are getting Sam Darnold back. Of course, you don't know how healthy he's going to be after coming back from Mono. I think the Cowboys win that one. So, the Eagles, they need this one if they still want to be in the tie with the Cowboys for first place in the NFC East. I don't think they get it. I think the Vikings, hopefully you get good Kirk Cousins, and good Kirk Cousins starts to show up in this game. And looking at the line, it's in favor of Minnesota. Three-point favorites. So, I'm I'm getting... I'm giving Minnesota the win here. Dalvin Cook has looked impressive to start out the season. Hopefully, you get Kirk, good Kirk Cousins. Eagles go. Uh, Peter's going with the Eagles there of that game. 49ers at Rams. This is one the Rams really need, guys. Rams are 3-2. 49ers are 4-0. Got the big win on Monday Night Football against the Browns. Rams lost two straight. It's at LA. I think the Rams win this game, and Peter does as well. The 49ers, they would move down to 4-1. Seahawks, four, uh, who are, they're playing the Browns, so I think they get the win there. They move on to 5-1, I think, as well as Peter. And if the Rams win this one, they move on to 4-2. The NFC West becomes really intriguing. It becomes a whole lot of fun. You have the Rams at 4-2, 49ers at 4-1, Seahawks at 5-1. It would make it the most entertaining division to watch what happens with those three teams down the road. So, I'm going with the Rams here, so, as well as Peter. 49ers, they become undefeated no more. That leaves the Patriots as the only undefeated team left, if that happens. Seahawks and Browns, me and Peter are going with the Seahawks there. Seahawks' defense has looked solid. Russell Wilson has looked awesome this season. Give me the Seahawks here to dominate the Browns. They're going to win this game. Look, And the line, looking at it, I mean, it, wow. Looking at it, it's one and a half and Favor one and a half or one, one point favorites for Seattle at Cleveland. I I don't know why it's so low. I, I I would take the over on that. I think Seattle gets a good win here at Cleveland. I think they I think they for sure win by more than one and a half. They'll win by at least at least three. But I think they win by more than that. I think that they'll win by maybe ten points or two touchdowns in this game. Cleveland it's not looking great. This uh, to start out, still a bunch of penalties. Baker, he's turning turnovering the ball too much. It's rough times in Cleveland. Moving on, Saints at Jaguars. Again, Bridgewater's doing what he's needed to do. Gardner Minshew has looked great, but again, I think the Saints and the Saints defense has been pretty solid here, which uh, that's a good sign for them. 
The Saints, they're 4-1. They get the win here, I believe, at Jacksonville. Peter does as well. The line, it's in favor of Jacksonville, actually, at 1-1.5. I am going to go against it. I think the Saints get the win here. They move on to 5-1. Bridgewater does what he needs to do. And listen, if they win this game, good for them. Winning these games without Drew Brees, Bridgewater manning the ship, and being able to do what he needs to do to win these games, and he's doing that. And once you get Drew Brees back, great. And you were like, well, great. And Tay Bridgewater led us to where we are now and have Drew Brees finish off the rest of the season. So good stuff for the Saints. I think they get the win here. So, And it's a good road win at Jacksonville, too. Jacksonville's looked pretty solid to start uh, with – to start off the season. The Sunday night game, Steelers and my Super Bowl pick, Chargers. Huh, crap, this game. Uh, my Super Bowl pick is looking like Peters with the Giants, although maybe not as bad a couple years ago. This is the first game Melvin Gordon's going to get to play in. And you know what? Chargers, they get the win here. Steelers, third-string quarterback. Listen, it's going to be tough sledding for him. Chargers are seven-point favorites. And give me more than that, I think the Chargers win pretty handily here on a, on Sunday night. And they would move to, I believe, 4-2, and two, looking at their 3-3. Uh, uh, no, three and three. They would move on to 3-3. Three and three. I need them to get back to 5-under. I need them to make the Super Bowl here. Oh, man. So, I think the Chargers get, the, uh, get a big win here at home against the Steelers on Sunday night football. And then, the... Monday night game, Lions at Packers. Lions, surprise team. Packers, really great start, 4-1. They get the home win here. Start Lions, you move back to 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Such a weird record. Uh, Devontae Adams look, might be coming back for this game, but if he doesn't, I still think the Packers find a way to win this game. And looking at the Lions for this game to close out the NFL... Uh, the Packers are four and a half, four point favorites at home. So, but I, I give them more than that. I think they'll win by 10 points at least. And Packers, Lions, good Monday night game. Lions will look solid, but, uh, they, they take the L here, I think. And the Packers are going to win this one. Peter's going with the Chargers as well. Peter's going with the Packers as well. So that's where we are with the NFL week number six. So with that being said, this is where we're going to let Peter talk about the Steelers and talk about how much of a mess they are since running out with our picks with the Steelers. So here's Peter talking about Steelers and talking about how dreary the rest of their season looks. So I got to say, even though uh, Mason Rudolph and uh, James Washington are not hooking up as they were in their college days, they're good. They're still they're still uh, connected to each other because once uh, James Rudolph got murdered. James Washington got hurt, so good teammates. But uh, it also, I will say, uh, I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, Earl Thomas, it's a dirty hit. Like, that was a football. That was a football. That was a clean hit. Of course, even a clean hit can end in a situation like that. It's good to see Rudolph was able to uh, walk off the field, although apparently uh, the cart wasn't working, so he had to walk off. It's like... Listen, if that happened in Baltimore, I would expect that. But this happened at Heinz Field. How is your cart not working? It, it, it was a ridiculous situation. But 
it looks like Rudolph is going to be out for a while. And you know what? There's no shame in that because uh, you, you got to take care of yourself because that was a scary situation that was very reminiscent of Shazier, who, of course, was there. So he must have been terrified. But again, it's good to see he was able to walk and, you know, come to sun, come senses. But that was the danger of the game right there that happened. But, of course, it leads to the Steelers now where they have a third stringer who I don't even know and I am honestly don't care because once you hit your third string, you're probably not in good standing. And this is this game was probably the death blow to the Steelers' season, I would really say. And that Minka Fitzpatrick trade, it is officially looking like it's going to be the wrong move because that first round they that team needs a first-round pick because now the Di- the Dolphins will probably have one or two, and they'll have a Steelers, which could be as worse as five or six, maybe. Maybe maybe four. Who knows where this team goes, because when you have a third-string quarterback, there's not really much hope. So, yeah, uh, the big rumor, of course, is the Redskins want Mike Tomlin, which I'm fairly certain you could trade a coach for. It doesn't happen that often, but I, I guess you could do it. And it brings up a very interesting situation here because there's going to be a lot of good quarterback talent in this coming draft that you don't have the option for right now because the only way you're going to get back in the first round is to make a major trade. And I don't think you want to be in a situation where you trade some of these players. You're not trading Juju for sure. You're not trading Connor for sure. You don't really want to trade Bush or Fitzpatrick because why would you? You you spent a lot of capital on them in the past drafts, and those are your good players that could interest people. So, I mean, if they were to give Tomlin to uh, Washington, they could get the Washington first round pick, which will probably be low. Could be, uh, it's going to be in the top seven for sure with with the way that team's going. So that's a good way to get you know a good quarterback. You probably won't get Tua. But you'll get some of the other ones like Fromm or uh, Burr, I believe, will be in this one. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. But, again, even though the Steelers' opening for coach would be the most coveted position in the National Football League at that moment, do you really want to risk getting for Mike Tomlin? And I know that's ironic coming from me because I think the man's a blowhard and he's lost control of that team way too many times to deserve a second chance. But, again, he's your best shot. So, I don't know what the answer is. It's it's really going to come back to hinge on was that Minka Fitzpatrick trade worth it? And so far, I mean, yeah, he's he's doing better than anybody has in that secondary, but it's not saying much because, you know, let's feel, I could have been better in that secondary. So, unless he becomes the next Troy Palomalu, it's going to be really hard to overlook that trade. Especially, let's say the, the, the idea of the Steelers is, Okay, we lose bad this year, and we lose bad the next year and get Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is not looking that good right now. He's still definitely one of the better quarterbacks and maybe has the uh, best hope for the NFL most college quarterbacks, but he's not showing it right now. And if, and if he's not doing that, that means you have still have to develop a lot more for him. And I don't know if that's worth it, especially when Steelers might have to tank for a 2020 season if they want him. and. There's going to be a lot of teams tanking whether they want to or not because that's just how the football seasons go. So, uh, again, is the hope for Big Ben to come back and hope that he can get two more, a couple more years? I don't know. But this Steelers season 
is essentially over. Moving on. Last thing on the schedule for this week's show, college football. Let's get right into it. Week's number six. Peter Game of the Week, Purdue and Penn State. Peter will have a little something about Penn State, talking about everything that's going on with them, including a little controversy going on with them. Purdue and Penn number 12 Penn State. Penn State wins that game big. Really, we we all went with Penn State here, 35-7. to Penn State looked pretty good here, so Purdue, they moved to 1-4. Penn State still undefeated, so... Peter, I don't know why you need to complain. Your team's undefeated. My team is 1-4 with a loss to Georgia State. <laughs> but moving on from that game, Matt, game of the week. No Arizona State this week. So instead, we have number 5 LSU at Utah State. Utah State tried to stick with LSU a little early. But in the end, didn't matter. LSU gets a big win here. 42-6. to Joe Burrow. Looks impressive again. Five touchdowns, two to Justin Jefferson. Joe Burrow looks like a completely different quarterback, and having Joe Brady bringing him in from the Saints has really opened up this offense. Never seen a high-powered LSU offense like this before. And yes, they still do run the ball, but not as much. They spread it out, and I like it. LSU looks good. LSU gets the big win there, so... LSU keep on looking good. They got a big game this week, which we'll get to a little bit later. The run game of the week, number three, Georgia at Tennessee. If you guys know the story of this game, you guys know I had hope. And you guys know the line from Avengers Endgame, Hawkeye, don't give me hope. Well, that's what I was saying Saturday night. Brian Maurer, freshman quarterback, gets the start here. Throws, uh, first pa- touchdown pass, 73-yard bomb to Marcus Callaway. Tennessee eventually led in this game 14-10. Nalen was... Hyped up. It hasn't been that way in a long time. It's probably been at least over a couple years. Georgia Georgia does what Georgia does. They had their death, and they just pounded the run game with the offensive line. The offensive line is probably the best in the SEC with several All-Americans on that line. Tennessee doesn't have a lot of depth, and defense defense line is lacking. Plus, they can't get a pass rush. But Tennessee stayed with them for a half. And then after that, and the game was still 26-14 in the third quarter. And then Georgia scored a couple touchdowns late, and Tennessee couldn't get anything going. Georgia ended up covering the spread. It was 25-and-a-half, and they went 43-14. to But encouraging signs from Tennessee. They, they, they fought. They, they had a lot of heart, and I was really questioning whether we were going to see any of that. So shout-out to Tennessee for yes. It's another loss, but they played the number three team in the country tough and eventually uh, and some, uh, and led the game at some point, which uh, if you told me that, I would have taken that. Moving on, round of game of the week, Texas Tech at SEMO. This one was a really exciting game. This one went to, I believe, double overtime, and Matt picked the, uh, uh, of course, uh, guys picked Georgia in that one. This game went to double overtime with SEMO winning 43-7. One of Matt's bonuses was what is the, or the weekly jackpot was what is the exact final score. He said Tennessee Tech 45, SEMO 37. Well, he almost got the score right, except SEMO won the game 43-37 to there. So SEMO wins that game. And SEMO, they got a big matchup with Austin P in the OVC at Austin P. Coming at three and two, this is their first their first OVC game, and they start off one and zero, so they start off on the right foot. 
Moving on to the Ivy League game of the week, Columbia at Princeton. We all rolled with Princeton in this game, and Princeton won this game. They won this game 21-10. to They remain 3-0. This is their first Ivy League game of the season. They win this one, move on to 3-0. Moving on to number 18, UCF at Cincinnati. We all win with UCF here. And Cincinnati pulls off the upset at home, beating the Knights of UCF. And this is an impressive road. Uh, this is an impressive win for Cincinnati, getting a bit a win over the self-proclaimed national champions. So this is a good win for Cincinnati as far as where they're going. They played Ohio State a few weeks back. They, they played them tough in, in the first couple quarters, but of course, the, Ohio State ended up winning out. So Cincinnati, they move on to form one. This is their first American Athletic, uh, their first American Athletic Conference game. They win this one. They move on four and zero. UCF moves on four and two, and they're one and one in the American. Moving on to number six, Oklahoma at Kansas. Yeah, guys, Oklahoma. Uh, listen, Kansas gave them a little bit of scare here early on. And plus, there's at one point Oklahoma had a fourth and goal from like their own forty-five yard line, but Oklahoma. They won out. They, they look dominant here. They went 45-20. to 20. They got a big matchup I'm looking forward to this week. So, they move on to 5-0. And Kansas, they move to 2-4, 0-3 in Big 12 play. Number 11, Texas at West Virginia. We went with Texas here. West Virginia kept up with them early. Austin Kendall from West Virginia. Good game, 31-46, 367, and three touchdowns. But Texas won the game in the end, scoring 21 in the fourth, 42-31, to 31, moving 4-1 on the season as they got a matchup with the Oklahoma Sooners in the Red River rivalry. Try not to say that five times fast. So that's a big game there. Moving on to Cal at number 13, Oregon. This is a lot closer game than I, believe, uh, than I was anticipating. I believe probably a lot of people were anticipating. And Oregon, it was, it was a narrow win for them. Justin Herbert didn't look all that great, but they still found a way to win the game 17-7. It was 7-0 at halftime in favor of Cal. Oregon puts up 17 points last couple quarters to win that one, 4-1 uh, right now, and 2-0 in Pac-12 play. They're the only team from the Pac-12 that, if things go their way, they might have a chance to find a way to get into the playoff, but that's a big if. Number, uh, no number with this one. Virginia Tech at Miami. We did not know who to pick for this game. And Jaron Williams, Miami's freshman quarterback, who had not thrown, thrown a pick all season, threw three picks in this game, got pulled. Miami loses this one to Virginia Tech. They attempted to make a comeback here, but uh, Virginia Tech, who struggled mightily as well, they went 42-235, and they moved to 3-2 and two right now and 1-2 in ACC play. Miami 2-3 and 0-2 and in ACC play. Now, let's move on to another ACC matchup. Pittsburgh at Duke in this game. We all went with Duke, and Pitt ended up winning. Pitt wins this game. Let's score 33-30. Another close game. Duke came back late. They, they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, but in the end, it was not enough as Pitt ends up prevailing. They moved to 4-2 and two and 1-1 one and one in ACC play. Then Air Force at Navy. All went with Air. Uh, Matt and Peter went with Air Force here. I went with the Navy midshipmen, and the midshipmen ended up 
prevailing in that one by the final score of let me pull up here 34 to 25 Malcolm Perry what you expect from a triple option offense 23 carries 111 yards two touchdowns great performance by him as Navy moves to three and one they're three and0 at home so good stuff by Navy there moving on to the next game number 25 Michigan State at number four Ohio State you knew Michigan State they were going to, have to make some plays for their defense if they were going to try to stay in this game but in the end Ohio State it wins this game 34 to 10 putting up 24 points in the second quarter which put put them, uh, put them ahead pretty early it was 3-0 at the end of the first but putting up 24 points end up sealing the game in the second quarter with the Ohio State only scoring seven points the only points scored in that second half Justin Fields looked awesome Ohio State moves to 6-0 he looks like a Heisman contender to me J.K. Dobbins, awesome game, 24 carries, 172 yards in that game. So, Ohio State gets the Big Ten win there. Good Big Ten win. Number 14, Iowa, and number 19, Michigan. This one was exactly how I thought it was going to go. An ugly game, not a whole lot of points scored, 13 points scored total. Iowa tried to make a run here late in the game. Nate Stanley, Iowa's quarterback, threw three interceptions. Not a guy that's turnover prone. Michigan does enough to get the win here and win there, only scoring 10 points in the first quarter, and that was it. So their defense won the game for them. They need their defense to make some big plays, and they certainly came up with them. And me and Matt, we were the ones that went with Michigan. Peter went with Iowa. Obviously, Iowa's got a big game against Penn State this week. Number seven, Auburn at number 10, Florida. I went with Auburn here, so did Peter, but the Florida Gators ended up prevailing in this game, really big, really good win for them. Kyle Trask looks solid. There's a bunch of fumbles in this game. It was good. It looked ugly. It really did. 24-13, Florida. They move on to 6-0 and 3-0 in SEC play. Auburn 5-1 and 2-1 SEC. So, ball next. Freshman quarterback did solid, but in the end, it wasn't enough. Florida gets the win here, and Florida has a big day with LSU at Death Valley on Saturday night. Looking forward to that one. So, so looking at the bonuses for this game, what happens first in Georgia versus Tennessee? Of course, I mentioned a poll. I put that there. Peter put big Tennessee touchdown brought back by penalty, which I'm surprised we didn't have. Garantano, terrible interception, which he was in there for a couple series, but it was either incompletion, he had a run, or it was a, a solid completion. Maurer gets to start there, so didn't get that one. Matt, of course Matt has to be funny here. Says the opening kickoff. And of course, I mean, he's right. He's not wrong here. So Matt gets the bonus there. Then the other bonus, write a number that you think will be a final score in an FBS game this week. Of course, I get this wrong because I had the Tennessee-Georgia game in mind. I thought Georgia was going to beat us by 50. And I didn't think we were going to get a touchdown at all. Georgia almost did put up 50. They They were one touchdown away. Matt put zero. Peter gets 24. And so they get both those. We in weekly jackpot and cultural game was the exact final score. We got those wrong. Matt, he had 45-37 Tennessee Tech against Simo. Obviously, that that one's kind of flipped. Penn State, I, I put Penn State 42 to 7 over Purdue. That didn't happen. Peterson Miami defeats Virginia Tech 24-10. And that didn't happen. So looking at the college football standings, of course, we're taking bonuses into account here. Peter sits 
on the top of the leaderboard at 88 out of 90. Matt in second with 77 out of 90. And me in third place at 70 out of 90. And now, let's move on to week 7. The Pitter game of the week, number 10, Penn State at number 17, Iowa. I'm gonna, This is where I'm going to let Peter talk about this game a little bit and talk about what's going on with Penn State. So despite this week being the Iowa game, which of course is the one I always circle and have the uh, the Vietnam flashbacks to 2008 and 2009 with, the big story around Penn State football is uh, the racist letter sent to other safety Jonathan Sutherland from a supposed alumni, the they said they were the proud older graduates of Penn State, and they loved the school, but they they missed the clean-cut young men and women from those days, which is like, oh, that, that's... First of all, when I read that part of the letter, I was like, oh, this is not gonna... This is not gonna go well, is it? Because uh, if, you, if you're wondering, Jonathan Sutherland, he's, a, he's an African-American who plays for Penn State. He's got dreadlocks, and these alums are like, your hair just looks awful. It's like, oh, there we go. They're racist. <laughs> And they were, you know, they're saying like, oh, we were watching the Iowa game. Your hair looked terrible. And, you know, we congratulate you on your game against Pitt, but you need to remember that you represent all of Penn State, current and alums. Like, oh, okay, get it? And they're like, you will certainly be playing on Sunday Future, but we have stopped watching the NFL due to the disgusting tattoos and awful hair and immature antics in the end zone. Players should act like they've been there before. I cannot wait for this generation to... You know, just just die off with these stupid ideas. Like, live your life, people. Don't listen to these these who are probably from I don't know the the western part of Pennsylvania where Philadelphia is, because you know Pittsburgh's the best part. But I will say it was good to see all his teammates step up and be like, "Screw this, James Franklin." As much as I rail against him all the time, I will give him all the credit here. He handled it perfectly. He stood up for his player. He denounced the letter. The university came through denouncing the letter. The whole. The whole Penn State system was on Jonathan Sutherland's side, which I was happy to see. So, whoever this alumni is, bruh, you should just go cheer for Ohio State. So, that's really all I got to say about the get what's going on with Penn State football. I hope Sutherland has a game and just, you know, shows off those dreads proudly, my man. All right, so number 10, Penn State, and number 17, Iowa. Big game for both these teams to, to do well in Pac-12 um, and Big Ten play. Penn State, they're still undefeated. Iowa, of course, taking a loss at Michigan last week. This is a this is a big game for both these teams. I am going with Penn State here. So is Peter. I feel like Penn State Penn State has done solid enough to not lose at Iowa. But as Peter would tell you, he could very well easily see Iowa winning this game. Right now, Penn State is a favorite at at three and a half. So, Penn State, I think, gets the win here, is, and Penn State stays undefeated. Next game, the Matt game of the week. Herm is back this week, everybody. It's it's great to have Herm back. Of course, he won the bye week. We all knew he would. Number 18, Arizona State at Washington State. Herm against Leach. Give me Herm. Give Peter Herm as well. I'd probably give Matt Herm as well, as Mike Leach has been letting him and us down. So, Arizona State there with the win. The Ryan game of the week. This line is six and a half, seven points in favor of Mississippi State at Tennessee. And guys, I as I put in the spreadsheet, uh, screw it, Tennessee. Get, give me, listen. The offense looked more energized in, in the game against Georgia, and and playing tough against the number three ranked Georgia team that had a lot of guys play on defense, a lot of high level talented guys. 
Yeah, screw it. G- give me Tennessee. It's an early game at Nayland. Give me the Vols here. This is a huge game for them as far as see if they can get things back on track. After this, they got Alabama next week, so that's a nail. And then after that, schedule is not that hard. South Carolina is probably your toughest opponent. You play them, Missouri, Kentucky, UAB, Vanderbilt. Not in that order entirely, but those are the teams they round out with. So none, uh, they got decent schedule coming up. Uh, some games they can win here, and it starts right here. If they can win this one, they get back to two and four, and know that they're going to take a loss at Alabama to move to two and five. I think they feel fine, and they look ahead, and hopefully they see some improvement. And hopefully these guys play with some heart. I like the freshmen on this team. The young guys are taking control of this team. I like it. These freshmen are actually good. And they're the only ones that are probably doing really good besides a couple of upperclassmen. So, uh, give me the balls. Peter's going with Mississippi State. Peter, Matt's probably going with Mississippi State as well. Again, guys, Matt's probably not going to put his picks in until Friday night, to be honest. He got locked out of, I believe he, he got docked a couple points a couple, a couple weeks ago in week five. So, yeah, he, he probably going to put these in Friday. So, might see that happen there. Round of game of the week, Simo and Austin P. Austin P had that big win against Jacksonville State a couple weeks ago. Blew him out. Austin P sounds like they're for real. Sorry, Simo. I, I said a couple weeks ago we're going to basically pick Simo to go 12 and 0, aren't we? Nope, not this week. Simo's going to take a loss here. I think Austin P appears going with Austin P as well. Yale at Dartmouth. Both these teams are 3 and 0. Big Ivy League game. Give me Yale on the road. I I don't know why. I guess maybe Yale's put more players in the NFL than Dartmouth. I, I mean, I guess. But give me Yale to win this game. AAC matchup, NAR 23 Memphis at Temple. Give me Memphis in this one. Although, I wouldn't be surprised if Temple made this game close and made Memphis and Memphis fans sweat it out here. But you know what? Give me Memphis to get... To get a good AAC win. They're only favored by six points on the road. So, Temple, they have a shot here. I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to make it close. Maybe even find a way to upset them. But uh, give me Memphis to win this game. Michigan State at number eight, Wisconsin. This is also my weekly jackpot of what's the final exact score. I'm going with Wisconsin 24, Michigan State 6. Jonathan Taylor's looked amazing. Why he isn't the number one ranked running back on like Tom McShay's running backs is beyond me. He's looked awesome every game this season. He's improved his press pro uh, protection. He's improved uh, catching out of the backfield. He's looking like a complete back, and he has like 16 touchdowns this year. Get out of here. Give me Wisconsin here. He, he's going to have another good game here. Michigan State, the defense, that's what you need to rely on. But I don't think they can stop Jonathan Taylor. He's just too good. He's going to be a great pro at the next level. Number uh, number nine, Notre Dame against USC. USC is one of our more unpredictable teams here as far as whether we pick them or not. Give me Notre Dame here. And Notre Dame big. I, I'm sorry, USC. I don't think you're going to get the win here or even have a shot at it. I think Notre Dame is going to roll pretty easily and get – the big win over USC at home to uh, to move on to uh, it's a pretty pretty good start. Move continue trying to move on to the top ten in the rankings. Hey, we're getting into the playoff season soon, here, folks. We're gonna get the rankings here, so it's about that time. 
And Pierce going with Notre Dame as well. Pierce going with Memphis. Pierce going with Wisconsin. Number one, Alabama at 23, Texas A&M. Listen, roll tide. That's the only time you're going to hear me say this. The, the tide's going to win this one. Matt's going to um, Matt's going to pick Alabama with this one as well. Alabama wins this one huge. The Red River rivalry. Number six, Oklahoma at number 11, Texas. If you remember, I picked Texas to make the playoff. And, of course, Texas had a loss since then. They need this one. To, if They want to have any chance of even maybe possibly making it to the playoff. And you know what? It may be vice here because I picked them. I think they get the win here. And they and they win the Red River rivalry at the Texas State Fair, at the Cotton Bowl. Who doesn't love it? It's an early, it's an early game, too, between two ranked teams, two really good ranked teams. Give me Texas to win this game. And I'm going to try to find the line in this one because I think it's got to be pretty pretty close. And listen, I think the the total point score here is going to be the same amount. Texas is favored by 11. But you know what? Screw that. Give me Oklahoma to lose this game to Texas. I think Texas gets the big win here. Moving on to our next game, we got... Hawaii at number 14, Boise State. Peter put dumb blue field, so that's code for Boise State. Give me Boise State as well. They got a freshman quarterback that's looked really good here. Number 20, Virginia at Miami. Sorry, Miami. You, you're not good. Virginia is better than you. They're ranked, so give me Virginia. Texas Tech at 22, Baylor. Peter actually has this as a bonus in the bonus this week. Do any ranked teams get upset this week? Peter says, yes, Texas Tech goes on the road and beats Baylor. Baylor's still undefeated. I said no. What the wait? What Matt says? But Peter picks Texas, Texas Tech in this game. I'm going with Baylor on this one. Next game: Iowa State at West Virginia. Continue on with the Big 12. A lot of Big 12 matchups here. Iowa State at West Virginia. Peter is going with Old Country Roads, West Virginia. I'm sorry. Give me Iowa State with the with a big road win here at a, at Morgantown. Then finally, the big game Saturday night, number seven. Florida at number five, LSU. Of course, talked a little bit about LSU's offense. And the Florida's offense has looked pretty solid here. LSU is favored by 13 and a half points. 13, 13 and a half. Give me the Tigers. Oh, oh Ed Ordron's going to win this game. I'm, Matt's probably going to pick them because, you know, go Tigers. And then Peter's going with LSU. I think LSU gets the big win here. They're number five right now. And this win is going to look really good as... Again, we get close to the first initial playoff rankings. And so that is week number seven, everybody. And that is this week's show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks to Peter for sending in those bits and talking about the Cardinals, Steelers, and Penn State. We'll be back next week. We've got our NBA preview coming up next week. So be sure to gear up for that. It's almost here, everybody. MLB playoffs are rolling along. College football, NFL, they're rolling along as well. Thanks to Anchor for sponsoring this episode. Again, guys, go check out all the platforms on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Go give us a follow on each of those, as well as YouTube. Go check out the Views account at Views573Podcast. Check Peter at, at the actual Peter on Instagram and Twitter. And check me out at RyanViews573 on Twitter. That being said, everybody, thank you guys for tuning into this week's Views. With that being said, we'll talk to you next time.